where, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doin' Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. And I wanted to just give a little bit of a brief rundown of what's coming up on the show. This is a very special broadcast. It's actually International Human Rights Day today. And 3CR has been doing some special programming around that today. And before we actually launch into the interviews, just to um, to say that it, it is the last Saturday was the 70th anniversary, 70 years anniversary of the Genocide Convention. And it's still in draft form um, and, still, and there still hasn't been much happening with that. So the mind boggles, doesn't it? Now, a human rights special broadcast would not be complete without acknowledging um, the Aboriginal people of this land. And today's show is going to have a mix of things and it's, it's basically going to also be a tribute to Uncle Ray Jackson his poster launch was um, happened yesterday. Um, there have been poster launches um, looking at the history and his legacy all over Australia. And um, so today's broadcast is, is honouring, not only honouring him, but also looking at deaths in custody and looking also at um, refugees and asylum seekers as well. Um, so first up, we're going to be speaking with Joseph Bugliese who is part of a wonderful network looking at death, Aboriginal deaths in custody and we will be speaking to him about um, the Deathscapes website which will be launched in February and he'll speak about that event. Um, we'll look at Uncle Ray's human rights achievements and how the Deathscapes project is a way to productively continue his legacy and also we'll link that up to... Um, Wayne's upcoming inquest, and that was an Aboriginal death in custody that that we've talked about extensively on this show, and its relation to David Dunguy's killing as well. After that, we'll be speaking with Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective, and we'll speak to him about Nauru and talk about um, the human right, the violation, if you. Um, of human rights of refugees and asylum seekers on Nauru. After that, we'll speak with Marianne McKay about a landmark court case. Marianne is an Aboriginal activist from WA and has done some great work in the medical field as well for Indigenous people. And then after that, we're going to be speaking very briefly with Carolyn Jackson, daughter of Ray, um, and she wants to say a few words about her dad. Hello, Joseph. Welcome to the program. Hello, Marissa. It's great to be back. Lovely to have you, and indeed, we we interviewed you um, about his about the on the memorial day, not the memorial day, the anniversary That's of right, his death. Yeah. And, we and did the memorial hold a memorial with um, yeah. Caroline Jackson and Ray's daughters there, of course. Absolutely. Now it's three minutes past four, so um, and you're listening to an interview with um, Joseph Bulliese. Joseph, I'm wondering if you could just start off talking um, about the Deathscapes. Um, 
website and discuss some of the background about about Wayne and, and David? Sure. Well, the Death Escapes Project examines uh, racialised deaths in settler states and it's um, a collaborative project and it's working across three settler states, um, the Australian context, the Canadian context and the US context. And we've also got a UK-EU hub because we see the UK really in Europe as the um, originating point for empire and colonialism. So it'd be a bit you know, mad not to leave that, that yeah. out. Yep. Um, and so, look, our concern is to bring together uh, a cooperative of, of scholars and activists, artists, to begin to examine the way in which we can identify clear-cut patternings of the way in which uh, both Indigenous deaths in custody and refugee and asylum seeker deaths at the border or or onshore or offshore detention prisons occur. And we we can talk about that patterning specifically when we make a comparison, say, with Wayne Fellow Morrison's death and David Dungate's a bit later on. But what's what's emerging from, from the project is that there are definite resonances and key structural elements that keep reproducing deaths in custody, whether they be Indigenous deaths in prisons or at the border. And our concern, really, with the whole deathscape side, and it is informed by um, Uncle Ray's legacy and by you know the, the collective of us, uh, Sivandrini Pereira, Pereira, who's uh, leading the project, uh, people like Charandev Singh, of course, who's um, yes. who you know very well, a good friend and collaborator with Uncle Ray, Michelle Bowie, Dean uh, Chan, Eamon Kwanda. They're just some of the people who are there working with us at the moment in the Australian context. And really, we, we, we've taken inspiration from Uncle Ray's work because even though he was such a pivotal figure in looking at Indigenous deaths in custody over three decades, um, effectively with the Royal Commission recommendations, uh, etc., he also found the time, and this is what we, was unique about Uncle Ray's expansive social justice vision, to take into account refugee and asylum seeker deaths at the border or in offshore, onshore detention centres. So when he held social justice events that were looking specifically at Indigenous deaths in custody or things like the Aboriginal passport ceremony, which we talked about last time I was on air, he always made the space to acknowledge the way in which the settler state is also targeting its racialised others at the borders, at the most vulnerable asylum seekers and refugees. And, uh, you know, in keeping with that sense of generosity and hospitality, he would assert what he saw rightly is, as his unceded sovereignty and his unceded right to offer hospitality to asylum seekers and refugees precisely by offering, going into the um, onshore prisons like uh, Villawood Detention Centre, for example, and sneaking Aboriginal passports in there to offer Indigenous welcome to country uh, on, on behalf of Indigenous Australians. Or he would mail them off to um, places like Nauru or Manus, uh, and also communicate with the family of victims of, um, uh, of, of, of refugee deaths, like Hamid Karzai, who your listeners probably remember, yeah. died completely unnecessarily from septicemia, from blood poisoning because of uh, breach of medical care. Yes. On, on Manus. And he, uh, Uncle Ray actually issued a statement uh, extending Indigenous condolences to the family 
I'm really grieving with the family at this at this death. So I mention this because what Uncle Ray taught us really was the way in which the question of Indigenous sovereignty encompasses so much more than exclusively Indigenous issues because, in a sense, what he saw as the, the settler state's theft of Indigenous sovereignty impacted on so many other things. So, for example, if you've, if, once you've stolen Indigenous sovereignty, you're occupying, as a settler state, an illegitimate position because it's not rightful sovereignty that's been bestowed upon you. So how do you consolidate and try to legitimate that sovereignty? Well, you can't be a nation-state unless you've got control over your borders. Now, I think once we begin to view it in this frame, the violent exercise, the brutal, cruel exercise of sovereignty that we're seeing the Australian settler state exercise over its borders and its treatment of asylum seekers and refugees, we can begin to make sense of that because, in a sense, it's a theatrical, performative and graphic instantiation of trying to legitimate their theft of Indigenous sovereignty by saying... We are under a legitimate nation state because, look, we can exercise all this violence to control our borders. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. So that's, that, that's a lead, really, that Uncle Ray gave us, and it informs uh, the entirety of the Deathscapes project because we want to see these deaths in custody, whether Indigenous or refugees, and they are different deaths and they're working in different domains. I'm not trying to flatten them and say of they're course. all the same because yeah. they're coming from very different positions. And let's make no mistake, you mentioned the, you know, the, 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 the loaded term genocide. I mean, what's been perpetrated against Indigenous people in this country and other settler states like the US and Canada are regimes of genocide, which have failed, but which have killed innumerable Indigenous populations. Absolutely. And, and indeed, um, it's all about holding state institutions to account and supporting the families of the bereaved. Exactly. And that's what Uncle Ray did in the fora, public events that he organised. Uh, as we've talked about before, he would call in the families and give them public platforms from which to, one, support their grief, and literally he would hold them often as they wept, or give them a space from which to, to berate and call to account the injustices that the family uh, uh, had to endure in losing a loved one in custody. And just to remind listeners that um, Ray um, did a lot of his life's work over four decades yeah. through both his activism and his writing, and Uncle Ray actually died in 2015, didn't he? He did, yeah. And we, we recently had that, memo- we, we had that memorial event uh, earlier this year to commemorate his passing and his legacy, his ongoing legacy. So what's the, what's the website called? It's called Deathscapes, and all you need to do is enter Deathscapes, which is one word, .org, and it will come up. It's a public access site, and uh, what we've tried to do is to, to really capitalise on the, um, uh, the multidimensional qualities of a website because, as you know, you just don't have text. We've got hyperlinks, we've got pictures, we've got testimonies, we've got art, we've got poetry, uh, and so we're, we're trying to speak as much as we can uh, different languages so that we can reach different audiences. And it's not just an academic site, it's also an activist uh, site in that sense. And is it fair to say, is it, is it okay to use the, the words case study? Uh, it is, yeah. We've got detailed case studies 
where we uh, take a particular death in custody and situate it in its historical genealogy so that we don't see it as an isolated death, but we say, here we can track a whole history that has led to this death, a history of uh, racial, racialised and colonial violence, say, when we're tracking Mr. W- the death of Mr. Ward, for example. And um, uh, we, we, we've got artwork and testimonies from the family um, uh, in those yeah. cases. So they're not forensic criminological case no, studies. No. They're, they're, um, they're, they're, they're full of the sort of stuff, in fact, that you wouldn't get in the court of law. And that is, there's a lot of passion and emotion and anger and outrage. Uh, but also um, aesthetic speaking back, uh, speaking back to the state through art. It, yeah, and and it's it's actually similar, isn't it, to what Uncle Ray did? You know that he he did astute, and the website does astute and uncompromising analyses of the instances of colonial and state violence. That's exactly right, and you know he was an incredibly eloquent orator. I mean, he had such a beautiful gift with language, and he spoke with power, conviction, but not in a posturing way. He always spoke no, no. from the heart because he, he knew what was at stake. Absolutely. So we before we move on to looking at um, the two deaths in custody, um, just to just to say, um, to summarise, that um, Uncle Ray Jackson was into black power, anti-apartheid, prison abolition, trade unionism and socialism. And, and we're here on this show as part of... International Human Rights Day, to pay tribute to Uncle Ray, given that he won the French Award for Human Rights, didn't he? Absolutely. But nothing in Australia. <laughs> and you, you just read that catalogue of um, international um, social justice connections he had. Thank you for that, because it, it gives the listeners a view of the expansive social justice reach that Uncle Ray had. He was an internationalist. He saw things in the larger frame, and he saw things so that he understood that decolonising uh, work and anti-racist work, we need to work in international solidarity to bring those structures down. Absolutely, and he was also a part of ISJA in, in Sydney. And in fact, he passed away just after he did his last ISJA meeting in April. He did, yeah, a tireless worker, effectively, doing his rounds. And we, and as you said, um, we have to continue that legacy, so let's do that. Let's... Um, Let's maybe, if you can, give a little bit of a brief rundown of um, the comparisons, if you like. Um, sure. It, yeah? Yeah, b- before I do that, yes. I, I just would like to say what, one Thank more you. thing, and yes, that yes. is um, for our listeners that we, we are holding a public event Please. on yep. Saturday, February the 16th at the settlement in Redfern. Everyone is welcome. And what we're going to do is uh, hold a, um, a series of uh, panels from... Um, with leading um, Indigenous and refugee and uh, asylum seeker, scholars, artists, activists. And they, they will include people that your listeners um, are familiar with. Lorena Allen, who's worked with the Deaths Inside project with The Guardian, uh, cataloguing in extraordinary detail the um, uh, in Indigenous deaths in custody, uh, the brilliant art, uh, Indigenous artist Ryan Presley, uh, uh, scholar and activist and poet Alison Whitaker, uh, Hannah McGlade, uh, Amanda Porter, Amy Maguire, we're hoping to get in, Bronwyn Carlson, uh, also Dylan Voller, we're hoping, Lizzie Jarrett is going to MC, um, uh, Safter Ahmed and um, Sabah Vasev. 
So we're going to have a, a wonderful range of, of speakers speaking to these issues. Um, and then we, we, we're also going to have the launch um, and there'll be you know, food, uh, etc. On, on the day. And we're holding it at the settlement, of course, because that's where Uncle Ray held a lot of his public social justice events, including the Aboriginal passport ceremonies. So just if anyone is in, in the vicinity on Saturday, the 16th of February 2019, please come to the settlement. Very welcome. And what time? Uh, it will start at about 10 and finish, say, about 4 or 5. We'll be um, we'll be we'll be talking about talking that up um, over the next couple of months and perhaps getting some preliminary interviews for that. Yeah, and and I'll send you um, some of the flyers too awesome. once we've got those formalised. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, good. So, um, just I suppose very briefly, and we might yeah. have to, um, you know, talk about it on another show more sure. extensively. But and we did speak about um, the inquest, didn't we? We um, did. We quite some that. time ago. But let's yeah. remind listeners, Joseph, we have to keep the issue alive, don't we? Mm-hmm. We do. And so let's let's talk about um, Wayne and, and, and David. Well, look, as, as, the, uh, as the listeners know, we, we, we talked about the David Dungay inquest, um, a yes. young Aboriginal man, uh, all of 26, who basically died of uh, you know, what medical authorities are calling positional asphyxia. He was basically suff- uh, suffocated. Um, under the weight of um, uh, innumerable, uh, a scrum, I call it, a scrum of correctional officers, including the immediate uh, action team, right, you know, in, in their riot gear kit. Um, and basically for eating a, a packet of biscuits, uh, you know, buying a pat of, packet of biscuits, taking it into his cell, and because purportedly uh, he was a diabetic, um, the, the correctional guard said that um, it was a medical emergency and so they needed to go in there and transfer him to a cell with observational cameras. Now, once, you know, at, at the inquest, we heard that, in fact, there was no medical emergency according to the medical authorities and they weren't consulted on that. But the fact is that in the move from his cell to the observational cell, which would have taken a few minutes, he basically died. And what you've got with Wayne Fellow Morrison, where the inquest um, is, is continuing, you've got a young Indigenous man of 29 also dying of positional asphyxia. And here we've got the transfer from uh, the prison cell to the prison van. And in the space of three minutes, he's crushed really under the weight of 14 officers. And if you've seen some of the footage, it's just horrendous. It's unimaginable that a young man can be can bear the weight of 14 officers on top of him. We don't know what happens in the van, but when he emerges, he's basically, you know, brain dead. We don't have footage of that. But what you can see here are these parallel structures by which Indigenous people are killed by state authorities. Indeed, they are parallel. And do these two young men pass... These two young men die... Um, was it long between the times of the custodies, death in custody? Um, you mean the actual date? Not the date, but just the time frame. How do you mean? Sorry, like, how do you mean? like what I mean is with Wayne and David, they, mm-hmm. that, was that in a, within, like did, did they die within a year of each other? Oh, right. So uh, Wayne Teller Morrison died on, um, in September 2016 
Yep. And uh, David Dungay was uh, in 2000 and uh, it was three years for the inquest, so 2015. But see how I asked you that question, Joseph, just to highlight the fact that there's just been too many deaths. There has. I mean, and if you look at what was in the news last week, you had um, the Wayne Fellow Morrison um, uh, inquest coming, coming up. You had the... Um, uh, Jeremy Tunkin, 39 Indigenous man uh, in Alice Springs, who died from a uh, um, heart attack because he was signing language yeah. and uh, they just completely disregarded. And it was a breach, really, of um, duty of care, medical care. And, of course, in the same week, you've got Auntie Tanya Day. Yes, in Victoria. In Victoria. Terrible. Um, so th- these are serial deaths. And, you know, since the recommendations were handed down in... Um, what was it, 1991? That's right. We've had more than 400 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander deaths in custody. It's been absolutely deplorable, and one of the recommendations yep. is that prison should be a last resort. Uh, absolutely, and, and and in a sense, if I can, you know, quote a wonderful line from uh, Alison Whitaker, who um, has been, of course, working on uh, Indigenous deaths in custody. And Alison, as, as your listeners would know. Um, works at Jambana, she's an Indigenous research fellow and writer, and she said in in the context of this last week where these um, inquests have been unfolding, she says, more horror in inquests. Are these public health courts appropriate for addressing the violence of police and prisons against Indigenous people, or are they just the final venue for it? And that's actually a really good note to end on because we've got our next interview coming up um, with the Refugee Action Collective, who's going to be talking about Human Rights Day. It's so telling, um, Joseph, that quote, isn't it? And something for us all to ponder on. Absolutely. And later on, Joseph, we're going to be having Caroline and we'll speak to her a little bit more about Ray. Do do give her my warmest, best wishes and embrace. I will. I will, Joseph. Okay. Look, thank you so much and and I really look forward to collaborating with you um, on the launch that's coming up in February. Lovely. We'll, we'll hear from each other. Good on you. Thanks yeah. a lot. Take Bye care. Bye-bye. Bye. Are you 18 years and over? Have you been stopped by a Victorian police officer or protective service officer in the last 10 years? Would you like to contribute to research that aims to inform law reform and litigation strategies to prevent over-policing? Go to policestopsurvey.online for more information and to take part. That's policestopsurvey.online, a 3CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time show. And I'd like to welcome Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective. Hello, Chris. Hi, thanks for having me on. Lovely to have you. Now, Chris, it's International Human Rights Day. What does it mean to you? Uh, International Human Rights Day, at the moment, above all, means that we should uh, close the offshore hellholes where refugees' rights have been violated for getting on to six years now and bring those refugees here, um, which is what we'll be rallying about um, at 6.30pm in the the Burke Street Mall uh, tonight. Great. Okay. Well, it's not great um, that they're on Nauru, but it's great that you're having a rally. So it's a human rights refugee rally to call for an end to offshore crisis. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
certainly. I mean, yes, it's not great that we're having a rally, but things are shifting um, in terms of uh, offshore processing. The cracks are growing wider. There's in a little bit of, of static. The... There's a little bit of static coming through there, Chris. Is there any way you can? Just uh, of... Let me see if I can move. That's that better. Yeah. Thank you, you so much. That's awesome. No. Worries. Yeah. Um, in terms of the crisis, uh, Medicine Sans Frontier put out a report recently and of um, 208 patients that they'd uh, treated on Nauru, 30% of those had attempted suicide. Uh, they're really incredible figures. Um, Aziz, who's one of the refugees on Manus, said last week that there had been 27 suicide attempts over the, um, the, the past two weeks, it's, you know, one a day. Uh, it's more than that. Um, and there have been 12 deaths offshore. Um, and the, the medicine on Frontier spokesperson put it well when he said, in conditions of indefinite processing and permanent despair, there's, there's no way for the refugees to recover. Absolutely. Um, and so what we saw, the, you know, the, the fast in Parliament last week, uh, the independent MP Karen Phelps had put a bill to Parliament to bring all the children and their families uh, from Nauru, and in addition to provide for um, refugees on either Manus or Nauru um, who need urgent medical treatment to uh, come to Australia if two doctors um, sign a, a statement saying that they need to get treatment here. Uh, Scott Morrison tried to delay that vote. You know, they had people walking slowly in the Senate asking for toilet breaks order to stop sick people, you know, getting the treatment they need. Um, but that bill will come back to Parliament in February. Um, you know, there'll be more damage to refugees in the meantime. Uh, but as I said earlier, things are shifting. Morrison, who's the architect of um, all the offshore cruelty, mm-hmm. um, has brought uh, almost all of the children off now under the pressure of the refugee movement. So that's the protests and the advocates and the legal work and the teachers taking, you know, industrial action for refugees. Um, there's uh, maybe there's 10 children left on Nauru. Um, there's also separated fathers of, of children here. So uh, with the, the bill will go back. We're calling for MPs to back the Phelps bill. It will take one coalition MP to um, back it. Um, it's uh, significantly Labor um, has uh, voted for the bill in the Senate, which is a small but you know not insignificant shift after decades of bipartisan support over refugees and just a, another um, indication that uh, things are beginning to change. Absolutely. And, you know, it is really important to note um, that indeed there there has been a, a delay with the bill and I'm hoping that that can happen when it's resumed in Parliament. And yeah, I mean, yeah. There, So there's it's quite a medical crisis there, isn't there, Chris? Uh, yes, there is, there, there is a medical crisis. I mean, there's, there's, there's currently a man um, in the Pacific International Hospital who has what sounds like resignation syndrome, who is close to death. Um, we had three suicide attempts last week. The, there are people with um, 
serious illness, so mental illness. I mean, there was a, a, a Somali man who was finally flown here after you know years of legal action who'd been tortured in his home country and had been bleeding regularly for five years. I won't go into the details. It's horrific. But it, there, there are serious, serious problems. Look, there really are. And to be quite honest with you, Chris, I'm really disgusted with what's happening with the Morrison government. And, and indeed, you're, you're right, there has been a shift. Labor is supporting the Phelps bill, and so are the Greens, I believe. Uh, yes, the Greens, the, I mean, the Greens have been, uh, you know, good in Parliament all along, but they're certainly supporting the, the bill, as is most of the um, crossbench. Um, and it's worth noting as well that the, the support for the bill has not hurt Labor electorate at all. And no. the news poll came out 55 to 45. Um, you know, the, the coalition will get, you know, slaughtered at the next election if those um, figures hold up. Um, and I think it also means that, I mean, we're in the lead up to Labor's um, national conference, uh, December 16th, I think it starts. Um, and there is no reason for, for Labor not to have a more humane refugee policy. So, you know, we'll be calling for Labor MPs to support Labor for Refugees motions, which are causing calling to close the, the Manus and Nauru permanently and bring the refugees here. Indeed. And and Morrison's minority government is, 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 is callous, very callous. The policies are callous. <laughs> the, yes. And I, I mean, I think in the lead up to the election, they've got nothing else. They will keep reaching for that callousness. They will keep reaching for racism. Um, you know, that's what they do. I mean, just because they're weak doesn't mean that they're not nasty. Um, but the, the the actions of the movement, we're not not uh, are having an effect, not as quickly as we would like. But uh, you know, I think the the conversation has already moved from kids off to how can we get everyone off. And for us, it's how can we make sure that there's enough of a crisis within the Labor Party that come the next election, they have to act and bring everyone off. They're saying at the moment they'll evacuate people, but there's a contradiction at the heart of their policy, which is just like the coalition, they don't have third countries other than the 150 places to New Zealand to send people. There's there's over a thousand people still um, trapped offshore. And I believe also that Labor is um, looking at... um as of not stopping, you know, you know the boat turnbacks. They're going to uh, change right. their mind about that. Um, it's to be honest, I think it's unlikely at conference. Um, I think the vote on asylum policy will be close. Um, probably a lot of it, sadly, has been stitched up already. If it does pass, it will only be because some uh, unions sadly vote for it. Yeah. But there is is growing concern within Labor ranks about these policies. Yes, there is. And certainly for us, seeking asylum by any means, by plane, by boat, is a human right. If you are fleeing war, if you're fleeing torture, you have the right to, to seek asylum uh, by any means. You know, there's currently 14,000 people stuck in Indonesia who, just like the people offshore, are in you know permanent limbo because Australia's banned them coming here. And, you know, yeah. all of these people deserve human rights, just like we do. Absolutely. So just um, with the rally, can you just um, give us the details of the rally and where it is, what time, and summarise who the okay. speakers are? Yeah. The rally is at um, uh, 6.30 in the Burke Street Mall. Uh, we have uh, David Mann uh, from the uh, Refugee Legal. We have uh, Trish from the uh, Islamic Council. 
We've got Shofakul, um Islam, a uh, Rohingya refugee, um, and we have uh, Aziz, uh, live from Manus. Um, we were going to have Mandy from Nauru, but his wife is very, very sick, and he can't speak, sadly. Uh, but those are on oh, Pauline Brown from Labour for Refugees. So quite a line-up. Please um, come along. If you're listening to this in the city, after work, um, come along 6.30 to Burke Street Mall. Chris, thank you so much for coming onto the program. And, you know, if you've got the energy or you're close, um, rock up to the rally um, and and see if, if, if you can support the Refugee Action Collective um, and indeed all refugees and asylum seekers or rock up to the Monday meetings at Trades Hall. Uh, no. We meet every Monday at the Nurses Union building, um, 535 Elizabeth Street, uh, where we're not having a meeting next week. Um, right. That We will start again in the new year. I think it's the ooh, 21st. We've got a big forum. Uh, the other thing people should look out for is Palm Sunday next year and the lead up to the election, April 14th. It's going to be a huge refugee rally. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you for thank having you. me. Thanks so much. Good luck. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective speaking about the International Human Rights Day rally tonight at 6.30 at Burke Street. And before that, you heard an interview with Joseph Bugliese um, with a tribute to Ray Jackson um, and looking at deaths in custody. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. 3CR's Radical Radio book is now on sale for just $30. You can get your copy of 3CR's book at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history. On sale for just $30. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. Remember, NAINOC's a special day for us, fellas. That's a reminder who we are. Every year for NAIDOC Week, 3CR Community Radio gives voice to our Indigenous brothers and sisters through Beyond the Bars, Australia's only live prison broadcast. I am a black, black man. NAIDOC means a lot to me. It's about identity and also about past and present. NAIDOC means a lot to me for my family and my people. And the people forgetting about our rights. You can access audio from current and past Beyond the Bars broadcasts via the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars and either listen to or download audio from Australia's only live prison broadcasts. Happy NAIDOC! And you're back with the Doing Time show. And you're with um, the show and we're going to be speaking now with Caroline Jackson, daughter of Uncle Ray. And I'm afraid we had, we got her in early. Thank you so much, Caroline. 
Hi, Marisa. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you. Sorry that we got you in early. Um, That's okay. We have actually um, Marianne McKay from Western Australia who's going through a landmark court case with native title and she must be under incredible stress um, Mm -hmm. because she wasn't able to do it. But, Caroline, I just wanted to say Joseph Boulier says sends his love. Oh, great. Yeah, I have to keep in contact with him and likewise. It's all good. I see him as well. Yes, no, it's a very, he's a very, very nice man, a very, very um, a passionate man and a very well-educated human being. So I've got a lot of respect for Joseph. He's amazing. And we, in fact, we talked a lot about your dad's work, what, what he's been doing, what he's done and continuing the legacy with the Deaths in Custody website and the launch that's coming up in February. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Now, Caroline, I know you don't have long, but I'm wondering if you could just say a few words about your dad. And um, I thought that it was fitting that you come onto the show because it is International Human Rights Day and no discussion is complete without um, your dad's input. Yes. Oh well. Well, well, Dad, as everyone knows, he was a, a very um, um, he was very passionate and very much driven in um, his cause cause in justice for um, families, uh, especially those who have lost loved ones through death in custody. Um, but not just that, he was also too an activist and he was passionate with all, um, like you said, human rights. Um, you know. Uh, gay, lesbian rights, like, like just everything, everything that involves with to do with you know freedom of speech and, and being who you are. And he was very passionate with in regards to that. He was also a loving father. He was very, very hard. He taught us to be um, independent. Um, he told us to always stand our ground. He always told us to you know um, respect those who would respect you. Um, but also to to be organised. Dad was was a great organiser. He made sure everything and everyone was organised. Everything that he had to do in place, even though at ill health, later on in his life, to the day he passed away, he still soldiered on and made sure that everything was organised and made sure that people that needed attended to or needed legal advice or needed some kind of assistance, he made sure he gave them that 110%. Even from his hospital bed, when he was in hospital the last week of um, of his life, he still did interviews. He still, um, you know, um, spoke to families. He still organised for those to try and help families, even though he couldn't insight when he was um, Ill, in ill health in hospital. But even when he came out of hospital um, the day before he passed away, he still was um, driven by that and and still help families out till the till the next day that he passed away. So he was very, very well driven and very well respected and loved and he's totally missed by everybody and also including his family. So there's not a day that doesn't go past that we don't um, miss him. Um, yeah, but we he we, we always we use that as our moral compass as well. We everything that he's taught us, we even now that he's gone, we always sit there and talk about and what would your dad say, what would he, you know, suggest for us to do, what would his advice be? And we just sit back and reflect and that's how we know because the way he taught us and also to um to stand your ground and also as then be organized. It's very true, Caroline. I'll be honest with you, like there are times when I I get the phone still to ring him up and then I think, he's not there. 
No, no well, yeah, we, I, I do that too. I talk to him every every day. Like every time I go to work, I always tell him, Dad, please give me a good day, you know, and let's have a good day and, you know, and always pretend that I'm talking back to myself at 10, yeah, Rocky, you're going to have a good day because he used to call me Rocky as the nickname. Yeah. And um, I pretend he's talking back to me and sounds a bit weird, but no. that's, you know, that's it's, it's like you said, but we always voice back what he's, what he, his rights will be, his advice will be back to us. But we're very, very proud of him. He, they did a poster launch for him yes. um, in Sydney and went to Brisbane and also to Melbourne, just had theirs. Um, and the, the poster, it all tells about his, um, his work, his passion and what he stood for and how much he has um, influenced others. And um, it also reached America and the United States. Now it's been launched. And um, we had Angela Davies, um, a lovely lady, and who was, you know, who respected Dad and likewise with Dad. Dad was with her. They shared the stage on a few cinemas. Um, they, she was nice enough to attend the one in Brisbane um, and say a few words. Um, so she came all the way from America to to do that. So he, he touched people not just nationally but internationally as well. So um, we're very, very proud of him and we just hope that um, his work and that his, his legacy will still go on through others, which I'm sure no doubt it is, if not now, but stronger. So, um, so what he did was not a waste. It was just he, he taught people to still, you know, it's just stand and keep on fighting, fight for your right, and fight mainly fight for justice as well. Thank you so much, Caroline. And you know he's 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 a great loss to family, and he's a loss to media as well. He's certainly a loss to the Doing Time Show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he is. I think he's a loss to everybody. I mean, it's been like three years now, but it doesn't over three years now, and it and it just feels like it's only fresh, you know. So um, it is. Yeah, you know, it was only yesterday. So, but I always, you know, put YouTube on and always Google his name, and you know, he comes up. So, so it's like as if he's there with us. Yep. You know, so it's not just photos; it's just crossfit media, and you know, his cinemas that he attended, and and um, yeah. So every time we slightly get a miss him, we want to hear his voice. We go online and there he is and yep. and it just makes you think, you know, what a wonderful, wonderful man he was and and a loving man and a true loyal friend and also father, you know, grandfather, great grandfather. Yeah, so yeah, beautiful man and dearly missed. And we have to continue that legacy. Definitely, yes, definitely. Well, of course, through, um, you know, well, people like you, your radio station and with um, Joseph and all other yep. organisations that are still carrying on the fight. Yep. It, it's, 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 it's good that people aren't giving up. If anything, more they are still more driven. And I think because Dad had actually placed that and um, I think he led um, an example. So, and um, I think that's, the main thing too. Absolutely. Mm. 
Caroline, thank you so much for, for coming onto the program and, and helping us to participate in International Human Rights Day because, mm. um, because, like I said, when I was planning for the show, I thought to myself, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm not going to – well, I'm not going to apologise. I'm, I'm going to um, include Uncle Ray because it's, it wouldn't be complete without it. No, that's right. Yeah, exactly. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, Caroline, take care. You too. Thanks, Marissa. Thank you again for having me on. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And that was Caroline Jackson, daughter of Ray, um, speaking about his achievements and really just paying tribute on this very special broadcast of international human rights. Help Freesia support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our songline and keep our culture going strong. Of course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care and also others The recognition were... of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. And you're back with the Doing Time show. Um, yeah, so it's we're nearing the end of our show actually and just wanted to apologise to listeners for not being able to bring Marianne McKay. Um, she was actually involved in a really important meeting and was un- unable to be interviewed. So just to thank our guests for coming into the show, thank you so much to Chris Breen from Victoria, Joseph Pugliese from New South Wales. Um, thank you to Caroline Jackson who spoke about um, Ray, Uncle Ray Jackson um, who, who passed away. Um, although the show wasn't just about Ray, it was also about... Aboriginal deaths in custody and also violations of human rights for asylum seekers and refugees. And it is important to say here that um, there are there, that Australia does not have a Bill of Rights and in fact next year I intend to revisit um, that topic about human rights and look at um, the also the, the Human Rights Charter in Victoria as well. So um, sadly, the Australia is really lagging behind um, with with human rights, and you know we we have a lot of problems with our, the UN as well, and in regards to TJ Hickey as well, the um, the other young Aboriginal t- the Aboriginal teenager who died in custody um, over ten years ago now, that his mother Gail did go to the UN, and it, it, there just wasn't much. That, that went on. And like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, you've got the the genocide convention um, that – sorry, not the – yeah, the genocide convention legislation that is still in draft form and that was 70 years ago. So there's still a lot to do in terms of um, human rights. Um, I'd like to also um, thank Rob for um, producing the show. And also thanking 3CR as well um, 
for organising the um, the human rights broadcast. 3CR has very few resources, and you know um, it's it's really important to to acknowledge that. And um, it's it's quite wonderful that they've been able to, to organise um, this day. It's approximately four fifty four. And we've got about three minutes um, before the show. Just a reminder that there's a rally tonight at 6.30. Um, the Refugee Action Collective is hosting that rally and organising it. Um, it's about bringing the children from Nauru to Australia. The children of Nauru, um, that's also another violation of human rights. And the, the, the policies, looking at the policies as well that... The refugees, um, the Refugee Action Collective is demanding that Kerry Phelps' bill um, be supported next year, and that is that she's um, advocating that all children and families from Nauru and be allowed the medical transfer of adults to Australia as well as the children from the offshore prisons. And just to quote quickly from that from the media release. Um, of the Refugee Action Collective, as Morrison delays, the medical crisis on Manus and Nauru worsens. A 28-year-old Iraqi refugee is dying in the Pacific International Hospital. Two more acutely ill refugees were 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 um, moved from Manus to Port Moresby on Wednesday, 5th December, joining 10 other refugees already in the Pacific International Hospital. Three more in Loringu Hospital need urgent transfers. A refugee attempted suicide yesterday, December 6th, and was transferred to hospital. Three refugees on Manus Island attempted suicide on Monday, December 3rd this week. So just to talk about that and to really highlight, um, I'm not, yeah, to highlight the violations of human rights, I'm not going to say Happy International Human Rights Day because it, it really isn't happy, is it? It's probably 4.56. We've got about one minute before I'm out of here. Um, it's goodbye from Marissa. Stay tuned every Monday from 4 to 5 for the Do and Time show. Beyond Zero is up next. And next Monday, the 17th, is the last day of um, the show. Uh, we have summer programming coming up. Um, but do tune in. I'm hoping to get some um, highlights and repeats of the show um, happening from over the year, the year. So we're going to be going out now with our theme song, Black Fella, White Fella, from the Rumpy Band. Um, and thanking the guests once again and just highlighting that this today's show was um, a very special tribute to Uncle Ray Jackson, who was very sadly missed. Thanks so much. Stay strong and take care and look after